Welcome to episode 9 of Throwdown Thursday. My name is Patrick Rahal. I am the Angry Nerd. Joining me as always is my co-host, Agent Nicole. Hello everybody. Welcome back for episode 9. That was so enthusiastic. Also with us today, as per usual, the man with the velvet voice, Johnny Wolfenstein. I, I need to get it appraised. I'm not sure if it's actually velvet or not. It's at the very least velour. Possibly silk, though. I don't know. It could I'm be fake. <laughs> it's like at least a thousand thread count, whatever it, it is. It's like the... like the what is, What's that called when you go and you get your comic graded? Uh, I, need to, I need to get my like voice grading. graded. Yeah, voice graded. Yeah. I know a lot of people with well, grading voices. I was just going to say, uh, hopefully my voice isn't grading. But. I know some people that can grade your voice. Speaking of grading voices, we are joined today by... The second most popular host of the Unchained podcast, usually the third most popular host of the Unchained podcast. He's a very important part of Uncle Polly's show. He is the illegitimate son of Popeye the Sailor and Norm from Cheers. He is Bobby Chains. Such an honor to be on Nicole's show today. <laughs> um, You're always no, welcome. I, thank you. I, I'm, I am really excited to be here. A little bit nervous, too. Why? I don't know. I have a very intimidating musk. You do. It's okay. I'll protect you. Yeah. Way over there. You're on the opposite side of Bobby. It's okay. He's got a point. Yeah. It's like, I'll protect you. He'll never know when dry ice comes after him at work, so. Yeah. Well, we're not at work right now, so how the hell are you going to protect him? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I will avenge you, not protect you. It's been a long day. Go fuck yourself. I don't want to hear it. I was up, like, so early helping my parents move today. Like, that's all I did today. I wanted to take a nap, but I couldn't take a nap because I had to activate my new phone that I can turn on with the power of my mind. Yes, that is how long we have gotten in technology. I can use... Well... Maybe I shouldn't Spoiler say it's alert, technology. It's his eyeball that activates his phone. It's it's my powers. I have powers. You have no power. I have powers. You don't even know. So what's this show all about? Oh, the show is about an hour to an hour and fifteen minutes, <laughs> uh, depending on the content. Is that what you're asking, or what do you want? Like that's not what he was asking. Okay, but that's me being a smartass. I don't know if you know this, but this hey, is this my is, this is your dime. <laughs> this is your show. Do whatever you want. Yeah, I'm gonna do whatever. Ruin I Ruin it if you want. Yeah, I did. I invited you on. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we are going to do, uh, before we get into our, our uh, getting into character um, little segment, because I know uh, Bobby's very excited for this because he is the, the one who is most responsible for this. Uh, the royalty check is in the mail. I, I forgot you were going to be on. I mailed it out. I was going to be. I, I should have been able to give it to you, but I mailed it out. This is really like inception level stuff right here. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Uh, I created this? Well, you know... You were I, an I, And he could destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I took the uh, the inspiration from uh, your uh, 10 for 10, and uh, you actually named it on a... Uh, I mean, you were talking about a different segment, but I ended up taking the name getting into character from something you were talking about uh, long before this podcast ever became a thing. You know, because uh, you were one of the ones that I, I had talked to about, you know, what do you think of this idea? Because I know you had been doing it. Now you keep everything a fucking secret from me. I do keep everything a secret. We are going to have a special announcement at the end of next show. Uh, that would be episode 10. So it is a little bit of a milestone show. I know it's not, you know, you know, uh, you know, episode 400 or anything like that. Or and it was my idea. It was Nicole's idea. I was getting to that. But, you know, she is so starved for praise because apparently she doesn't get a fucking enough of it. Despite what all our voicemails say. Uh, 
So she had to jump in and ruin my moment. Thank you, Agent Nicole, for ruining my moment. That Anytime. is your superpower. Um, we do have a couple of voicemails. Um, there's a, a short one that uh, I would like to um, I'd like to play because it is a uh, it is for uh, there's one for me and there's one for Bobby, both from the same person. So, uh, is it your secret admirer? Uh, it's not my secret admirer. It is uh, Bobby's very overt admirer. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Who is it? Should we play some like sexy music? Well, for either one of those, uh, it doesn't matter which order you do those. Okay. Because um, they're both, uh, between the two of them, they're less than a minute long. Oh, so. shit. I see who it's from now. <laughs> All right. Let's play the first one. Hey, Throw Down Thursday podcast. This is Nick. Um... I just realized something, and I'm sure Patrick has had this nickname bef- has had this nickname before, but it just came to me. Patrick has, has had to been called Jabberjaw <laughs> because he loves to talk and he loves sharks. Put two and two together, Jabberjaw, and that's no hate. I love Patrick and I love his rants. So uh, thanks, everyone. Bye. Sounds like you just got a nickname. Oh, oh! The bad pun thing is uh. contagious. Yep. Uh, yeah. See, that's as close as I've gotten to uh, hashtag Team Patsy right there. So that's uh, that's pretty good. I've been calling you Jabberjaw for a while after hearing the voicemail. Yeah. So Nick, you've inspired uh, Miss Nicole to. Uh, it's Agent to Nicole. Be awful and do terrible things. But uh, thank you for your participation in the show. We always look forward to listening to your voicemails. Uh, we enjoy them quite a bit. And actually, there's another one that we'd like to play right now for Mr. Bobby Chains. What up, Throwdown Thursday? This is Nick from the Chain Gang. And I just wanted to give a shout-out to my boy, Bobby Chains. And uh, just say, what up, fam? And uh, <laughs> love you, man. And you're a great person. And that's it. Bye. Nick's my buddy. Hey, disregard everything I said on this week's episode <laughs> of Unchained. I know, like, you haven't heard so it yet. He's stroking your ego on your show, and now he's stroking your ego on our show. What the and Bobby fuck? goes home and strokes his own ego. <laughs> no, he pays, hey. he pays someone to do that. I do. <laughs> that would be Uncle Polly. Not that six-year-old... 60, oh, Whoa, six-year-old. I don't get stroked <laughs> by a six-year-old. Six Come on. 60. 60-year-old... Kruger from Hampton. Kruger? <laughs> Freddy Kruger. Let's get high. I don't think you'd want him to stroke you. No, no, no. <laughs> Six-year-old Freddy Krueger stroking Bobby Chain. There's several things wrong with that. Oh, Jesus. Oh, we might have just come up with our episode title, though. <laughs> well, what we'll do now, because we have those, uh, those two voicemails out of the way, we're going to do our getting into character segment. Oh, boy. So, Bobby, are you ready to get into character? I'm not sure. I'm not good at answering questions. All right. Well, these are very random, uh, much like your segment. Um, only these are questions that I want to know the answers to. Okay. I'll try my best. So, in uh, descending order, so starting with number five, other than chicken shit, what do you put in your chicken salad? <laughs> Pass. No. Um... <laughs> Am I, wait, am I, other than chicken salad, where do I put my chicken shit? The other way around. Okay. <laughs> um, Are you sure that's water in your container? <laughs> celery. Okay. I have alcoholic dementia, by the way, so <laughs> it's uh, nothing to do with the water. Um, number four, who is your most hated movie character of all time? 
my most hated movie character, just a character of that all you time. Despise more than anything. Like did they play? They did a good job being a villainous like, character. For or? me, it's Nurse Ratched from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Like you just fucking hate that character, and she ended up with an uh, Louise Fletcher ended up with an Oscar. For um, yeah. Alejandro Sosa from Scarface. Okay, all right, that's a good one. Um, number three. How often do you go swimming with bow-legged women? Uh, I never have. Not even at Hampton Beach? Why is everybody getting on here about Hampton? There's some hotties up there. And there are some naughties up there. Yeah? Someone in the same. Like your 60-year-old trench bull. What? If you could become an expert in anything overnight, what would it be? Um... I would want to be an expert at um, masturbation. No, I said if you could, not what are you already. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I would want to be something of an expert uh, masturbation. <laughs> I can't think of anything except for that. You know, you, you wouldn't want to be like, you know, a painter or an artist of some sort. I don't or- like the smell of paint. Well, you don't have to huff it. Yeah. <laughs> then what fun is it? No. <laughs> All right, I, I would I would want to be um, an expert nutritionist. Okay. And uh, final question: What is your all-time favorite one-liner from any movie? Uh, no, that's two lines. Hold on. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's two lines. It's like, but like that type of like finishing line, like it fucking me up. What? For me, like, you know, at the end of The Warriors, when the leader of the Gramercy Rift is like, you warriors are good, real good, and Swan just looks at him, there's 300 dudes from this one gang, and there's like six of them left, and he just turns to him and goes, the best. Like, that's a great fucking one-liner. So anything along those, those, uh, um, those lines, hmm. I guess. Anything along those one lines? Yes. Uh, it would definitely be something from, from Rocky. The Rocky series. Um, and as everybody knows, Rocky 3 has the best ones. No, pro- and it, it doesn't have to be one line. You've already said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be exactly like uh, one sentence. Well, how do I know there's a comma? What if there's a semicolon? Does that count? No, just you know, a line like that. You know, like just a, a witty retort. Oh, it has to be a witty retort? Just something good. Like If I could change, you could change, everybody could change. Okay, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's Rocky Four. Yeah. The least likely of all the Rocky movies. It's like, hey, we're fighting in Russia. And Came Christmas out the year Day. I was born. And everybody's cheering for the American. Yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't happen ever. And as soon as Drago lost, they would have shot him. It's just a movie, man. I know. <laughs> He gets really serious. I do okay. get you. Why must, you must be new around here? No, I've had you on my show before. Yeah, so you should be, you know, used to this. Yeah. See, I I prefer if I'm thinking of a Rocky line, I'm going with something from Rocky Three. You know, like when Polly bashes the chair over. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Too. Ding ding. That's a great <laughs> one. When Polly bashes the chair over Hulk Hogan, and Hulk Hogan just kind of turns around and he's like, "I don't sweat you. I don't sweat you." <laughs> it punches him in the face. Then he's surrounded by all the cheerle- the little cheerleaders that he brought to him. He's like, I don't need this. <laughs> yeah, that's that to me has the best of all the Rocky lines. I don't, I don't know. We have to do a Rocky show at some point there, uh, Agent Nicole. Okay. But uh, I think uh, 
that's good for now. I think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and we'll take our uh, our first break, and then when we come back, uh, Bobby, who are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about Dr. Gregory House. Uh, he is not an actual house. For those of you who are not familiar, this isn't like a Disney thing where you know, or that Kevin Klein movie that's uh, very misleading. My life is a house. Uh, is it like that movie Cars? It's not like that. It's the opposite. Like you would think that you know a guy named House would actually be a house, but he has not, no one uh, living inside of him. Oh, well, well, we'll see. We'll see about that. So, yeah, we'll go ahead. We'll take our uh, our initial break, mm-hmm. and then uh, when we come back, we will talk about uh, Greg House. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Okay. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci. Deuce bags. Worcester, Massachusetts, a barren wasteland of dull. But in October, that changes forever. The 14th through the 16th, the Deadites will be in attendance at the Rock and Shock Horror Convention. Come hang out with the Deadites and the stars of Trick or Treat Radio all weekend long. But that's not all. On October 15th at the Cove Music Hall, the Deadites headline an all-star night of dance music and ghoulish getting down. Worcester will never be the same. And we are back. If you're still here, welcome back. Um, so we're going to talk about Mr. Dr. House. Mr. Dr. House. Mr. Dr. House. Dr. Mr. I'm a little not prepared, but... Dr. Mister. I know, I, I'm on your show for like 10 minutes and I already fucked things up. Yeah, you did. Oh, that's nah, what you it's do. more of Patsy never informs me of certain changes to the Listen, show. I got a new phone and it didn't have Nicole's mm-hmm. phone number, so I had to send her a Facebook message and then she sent me a text and then I sent her a picture of a taco. Tacos! So... Alright, so we're going to talk about Dr. Gregory House who is Bobby's choice. So there's an important question that I have to ask you. Sure. Is... Do you want me... Do you, do you need a minute? Is Doogie Hauser Gregory House? Is this a real question? Yes, That's, this is the is, one that, that we were a, a holding back from. fan theory you. that uh, people have said that, you know, because Doogie Hauser just disappears kind of off the face of the earth, does he come back and is he Greg House? And is he... 
you know, an ornery son of a bitch because he never really had a childhood of his own, and that's why, you know, he's such a bastard to everybody, and that's why, you know, he's always goofing around and acting like a, you know, a 15-year-old kid. You know, he absolutely is not. And what makes you say that he's yeah. not? Given all the backstory that he's had over the course of the show, it just doesn't line up with Doogie Hauser. How do you know he's, he's telling you the to, truth? Because yeah. everybody line? lies. Yeah, what's the tagline of the show? Everybody lies. Actually, the original tagline was humanity's overrated. But then some kid used that as a, his, his mantra when he shot up a bunch of people. So they yeah. had to change it. I could see how. But everybody lies is more or less House's philosophy. But at does one point he does house? say, when somebody says, I thought everybody lies, he said, I was lying. So, Yeah, that's... See, that's that's some bullshit there. That's one of his uh, trippy mind games. I I think it's a very plausible theory. To be honest, I don't think so. You. Okay, you don't have to. Um, House Hauser, man, yeah. Doogie Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? But anyway, so Bobby. If anybody yep. out there, you know, thinks that this is a plausible theory, you know, definitely like leave us a voice. Go get a fucking Tell cat us. scan. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get it from House though, because he'll say you have lupus. Yes. So, Bobby, why why House? What is some what is about House that you want to talk about him? All right. Well, I'll give you a little bit of backstory how I um, became interested in this character. Mm-hmm. I had watched the show, um, maybe jumped in mid-second season and I was watching an episode and I was like this character is just so unlikable um, and I, I hated him then I just forced myself to keep continue to continue watching and I realized that there was more to him than just being an ass all the time he was a damaged character uh, I liked the fact that he is this brilliant diagnostician with a double specialty in nephrology he really doesn't have any um, positive social skills other than he, the one friend that he has is his best friend, uh, Dr. James Wilson, mm-hmm. and he's an oncologist, which means, you know, he he basically means he's on call all the time. No, no, no. no. <laughs> he, he's a very caring individual opposite of house of house. Um, and I, ju- I just I like characters that have have problems because mm-hmm. I because I do <laughs> I wonder why <laughs> yeah, he's also he's also um, uh, he, he's also addicted to Vicodin but that's because he had an infarction in his leg yeah. and you know had a piece of thigh muscle removed um, yeah I mean I that may sound silly that I that I like damaged characters but I think that they're more interesting I would agree to that yeah I do too do you consider him a tragic hero um, do you consider him a hero? I like a do. I do because I believe that House would do a good deed whether or not somebody was watching and he wouldn't care. The only reason he would do it is because it was the right thing to do. Which is his motivation a lot of times. But I think that it, his ego tends to get in the way because he thinks the right thing is whatever he would do. Yeah. And whatever anybody else would do is... You know the wrong thing because you know and rightfully so he thinks he is much more intelligent than everyone else that's another thing that's really interesting about this character though is I don't think he would be as 
as intriguing to me if he wasn't surrounded by all of these other smart characters. Mm-hmm. You know, he has his his initial team of fellows who are brilliant in their own right. He has Wilson, who's basically his conscience and operates as such, and he knows the right answer over house a lot of times. Yeah. Um, you also have the Dean of Medicine, Cuddy, who is, is smart as well. Sometimes he'll even have a, a patient that's a crackhead or something that will say something insightful. Do you feel like... There are insightful crackheads? No. Somewhere no. in the world. <laughs> the uh, His team, you know, uh, especially the original team of Chase, Cameron, and uh, Foreman, do you feel like they represent the id, ego, and super ego of uh Ooh, that's House's a really good brain? question. Yeah. I don't. I found that over the course of the series, no matter what doctors were on House's team, they adopted characteristics and personality traits of him. See, I, I, I kind of look at, you know, Cameron as almost like a physical manifestation of his own compassion, like the way he tries to, uh, you know, quell her all the time. You know, it's like, oh, we should do this because it's the right thing to do. It's almost like the internal struggle that he's having, you know, within his own mind of, you know, do I be a nice person or do I act like a complete ass because I'm right? You know, I could be nice. And kind of soften the blow, you know, and he has this conversation with her multiple times. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, the truth sucks. You know, there's no way to sugarcoat, you know, yeah. you're going to die in 24 hours and it's going to be extremely painful. You know, there's really no way to sugarcoat that. You yeah, know, you a, can a dope epi- them up. A good episode was uh, Three Stories, which is, I believe, in the first season. And he does say, like, hey, how do you sugarcoat this stuff? Like, you're going to have to mm-hmm. tell these people in their faces that they're going to die. Well, a, a great episode um, from season four. I think it was... uh, No, it was the um, season premiere of season four. Alone. Where he's alone. And at the end of the case, you know, it was about a building collapse. And uh, Cuddy basically makes a deal with him. And Cuddy's the dean of medicine at the hospital. She says, if you can solve this case by yourself, then I won't make you hire a new team. Mm -hmm. So he does end up solving the case. But he's completely wrong every step of the way and she says that if he had Cameron Chase and Foreman Cameron wouldn't have been able to accept the fact that this husband didn't know that this wife was keeping these deep dark secrets from her husband Mm -hmm. because she romanticizes everything Mm -hmm. she says that Foreman would have done anything to prove house wrong Mm -hmm. and Chase would have done anything to prove house right yeah yes so I think that that's sort of where those characters exist. Um, And I mean, I think the most important thing when discussing a character like this is discussing the characters that are around them. Mm -hmm. Because for somebody that is as lonely and as misanthropic as he is, he gets laid a lot too (laughs) throughout the course of the show. (laughs) To be fair, a lot of them are hookers. Uh, a, A good number of them aren't though. He got laid when he was in a mental institution yeah, by a hot German. I, a, what the hell is her name? From uh, the Bourne movies, Run Lola Run. I keep wanting to call her Famke Jansen, and that's not it. That's not it at all. I don't even remember what the character's name was. I just remember she was a hot German woman. And she played the piano. Yeah. And that's what turned him on, because he plays a 
just pulling it up here. I, I have seen Run Lola Run, and I quite like her as an actress. And I also want to say that she had uh, a similar name, uh, Franca Potente. There we go. Yeah, it's close. But that's the first thing I thought of, and I knew that was not it. Yeah, yeah she was uh, Franca Potente. Yeah, she was very good in that. You know, and she shouldn't have hooked up with House as she was married with children. But he has a but, <laughs> and, and I'm not saying it's it's ever okay to you know to cheat on your spouse and stuff like that. But there is a charm to him. Yeah, you know he has this um, this acerbic wit, and there are very I think he um, there are very attractive qualities sometimes about people that don't care. He's a, he's a, you know he's not a bad looking guy either. No, he you know Lord, no. He's just I, I think he looks better with the five o'clock shadow than he does clean shaven yes, because he looks like a weird potato. <laughs> <laughs> but he looks like a weird potato. Yeah, like uh, it's just like someone carved his face out of potato and like they didn't really do a good job. Well, let's talk about the way he dresses too. He, he's always wearing some sneakers, some jeans. Sneakers are comfortable. Jeans, you know. That sports he coat. refuses to wear a yeah, t-shirt. Uh, listens lab to coat. Uh, you know his his ringtone is Mbop by Hanson. Well, that's <laughs> that's for his team. That's for when his team mm-hmm. calls. But you you made another interesting point, Nicole, uh, about him his refusal to wear a lab coat. Yeah. He doesn't want patients to think that he is a crippled doctor. Doctor, yeah, because they they wouldn't think oh. If he's crippled, why the fuck is he going to treat me? Yeah, and they, he never wants to talk to people anyways because he hates yeah. everybody. Yeah. He'd rather just read the case. Well, like well, like he says to Wilson, he's like, what patient wants a sick doctor? And he said, good point. What doctor wants a healthy patient? Yeah, that's You know, true. it's kind of the same thing. Who do you feel throughout the, the show? Because, you know, this made me, uh, you know, the whole not wearing a lab coat kind of made me think of this question. Who do you think was House's greatest nemesis throughout the entire uh, run of the show? Detective Tritter. <laughs> yes. Although... Because he was, he was the, the jaded detective uh, version like, of what House is to, to medicine. Uh, Tritter was to the law. And he even <laughs> says to him at one point, in my line of work, you realize that everybody lies. Yeah. To be fair... House did insert a rectal thermometer and then go home for the day, <laughs> remarking to a nurse, you ever feel like you're forgetting something? And then he went home <laughs> and left the cop there. He definitely did some questionable things. And, you know, that whole thing with Tritter definitely, you know, exposed some of the, the underbelly. Because a, a lot of, you know, the first couple of seasons dealing with House, you're all like, well, you know, he's always in pain. Yeah, he's taken Vicodin, but look at how often he's right. Look how smart he is. Look yeah. how great he is. And then, you know, you start seeing some of the despicable shit that he's actually done. Yeah. You know, like, sure, yeah, you can fly. And then the guy leaps off the friggin' uh, well, parking Well, yeah, garage. but his, his heart was in the right place. Mm-hmm. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Hey. <laughs> no, but um, he just made me lose my train of thought. He does that Your a lot. Your chain of thought? My, tra- my chains <laughs> of thought. Yeah. Um, I don't what know. What Vogel? Uh, Vogler? Vogler, yeah. Vogler, um, he, you know what, though? He, I, I could sort of see what his problem was with House. 
You know, he came in. He was he was making huge contributions to the hospital. Hundred million dollars. Yeah, the least house could do is put on a lab coat and not be house. But here's the thing: he made a contribution to the hospital. He didn't make a contribution to house. Like, where do you think that money was going to go? It went everywhere: new equipment, new stuff. Which house, you know, frequently commandeered for his own usage. Mm-hmm. But he looked at it as it didn't come to me specifically. It di- you know this doesn't benefit me you know in a roundabout way it does, but it doesn't benefit him you know in a streamlined way. So he figured, well, why should I change what I'm doing? Like me wearing a lab coat or not wearing a lab coat doesn't change who I am as a doctor. Mm-hmm. But this is the way I've always done it. Why do I have to change just because? This guy wants to run the hospital as a as a a business, which you can't do, you know, because uh, yeah. Uh, now you just you're making me think of something now too. As far as you saying who was House's greatest nemesis, I suppose I was thinking like of you know characters that were around him or came in and had different story arcs within the series. But if I was really to say what like. His biggest enemy throughout the entire series is himself. Think of how many times he almost kills himself by doing stupid things like putting a knife in an electrical socket or, yeah. you know, getting on a bus. So, I mean, you know, anybody can get on a bus and I don't, can get into an accident, but... I don't blame him for that. See, if anything, I would say his father or his quote-unquote father, uh, played by Arlie Ermey. That's how he was raised. And if you know anything about Arlie Ermey... Uh, he was the drill sergeant in uh, Full, Full Metal, Metal Jacket. Jacket. He was an actual drill sergeant. Yeah, yeah. And and pretty much everything he's in, with maybe the exception of Seven or Saving Silverman, he's always that hard ass, yeah. mean character. That's always who he is. And so you can imagine him. You know, if you've seen him in anything other than those two films I just mentioned, imagine him raising a child that wasn't his. Well, but he never. Spoiler see, alert. See, House ended up telling his father that, you know, you're not my father, you're not my biological father. He tells him this when he's like 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And his father doesn't speak to him for an entire summer. When House would do bad things, his father would force him to sit in an ice bath or sleep out in the yard. Yeah, which his is father abuse. was very, yeah. very abusive. But the one thing that House would always say about his father was that he respected him. And to, in in his mind, yes, even though the biologics and everything were were different, I mean, it wasn't his actual biological father. He considered him to be his father because his father, at his father's funeral, he says, you know, maybe if he'd been a better father, I'd be a better son. But I am who I am because of him, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you get those little pieces given to you throughout the series, you realize... He really is a victim of this abuse yeah. from his father. And he tries his best to look past it and stuff, but it's not always... It's it's not easy. Yeah. Um, I have a question. So, what is... Out, out of the, all the seasons, what is your favorite story arc and what is your least favorite story arc with House? Um... My favorite, uh, I mean, if I, if I was just going to pick a season, I would probably say 
No, favorite favorite story arc, not yeah. favorite season. Like, well, I mean the the story arc played out over an okay. entire yeah. season. It's, it's like um always. Well, when when he when he gets clean from Vicodin with a uh, Yeah. Do you talk about when he's when he's doing therapy with Andre Brower? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that like a, season 6 or something or season um, 5. That I think is It's towards the end. 6, yeah. yeah. Um obviously I, there's another story at the end yeah. that I I mean you know, the show's been over for a while, but um, I'm hesitant to actually spoil Spoiling. that. I, th- I think that the way that they wrapped that story up spoke a lot about House as a friend and the fact that he does have a heart. And you do find out that he may even be the most benevolent character in that entire series. So what's your least favorite then? Um, my least favorite was probably... Uh, Jeez, um, season one, the stuff with Cameron, like will they or won't they? Yeah, like it just—it's so cliche for a TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that we're bringing up these stories, though, another one that I really liked that I think was underrated was the end of season three, where Foreman realizes that he's becoming more like House and decides to leave uh, Princeton Plainsboro mm-hmm. because. He doesn't. He doesn't like the fact that he knows that sometimes you have to do the unpopular thing, and you. He basically tortures a young boy to extract yep. his bone marrow to save the brother, and he even yeah, says to House, kid. "He's like, I don't, I don't like the fact that I know that that's mm-hmm. what I had to do." Well, what about what about you, Nicole? What did what was your? Uh, I'm still favorite. And I'm favorite? still trying to get through House. So, uh, what you from what you've seen so far? What what do you think? Um. I actually did like season one. Uh, I watched a few episodes. I did what I think my favorite episode out, out of the list that you gave gave us. Besides alone, the three stories where you understand how House becomes who he is. Like you see where he's questioning Cuddy's, you know, opinion on how to cure himself, and you see the relationship with his ex-wife. I think is it his ex-wife? His ex-girlfriend Stacy. Yeah, the you lawyer. see that relationship how. You know, he know he he thinks he knows everything and he knows his own body and he knows we need I need to do this way and and he goes into a coma and she's like, I don't care what he says, like do this. I you know, it's a really empower empowering episode. I really enjoyed that one. Is that the tell Cuddy I want ketamine? No, no, that yeah. that was actually that's probably one of my favorite episodes. No reason where he gets shot yep. because yeah. that's that's really the first time that you ever see the inner workings of House's brain. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I think one of my favorite arcs. Is and you know, I, I'm surprised you didn't bring up the whole. And I'm proud that you didn't bring up the whole Sherlock Holmes thing because that's that everybody goes for that when they I talk about. The I don't character. need to bring it up. But you know, the guy that shot him was credited as Moriarty. I did not know that. He, that guy, he's always like an evil bastard in every like. Even in Harold and Kumar, like the the Christmas one, right? He was in. Uh, he was also in. Uh, not lost uh, heroes. He was a recurring he- character mm-hmm. on Heroes, and he was a bastard in that. Uh, same as I think he was in uh, the Negotiator with. Uh, he was in Look Who's Talking Too. I don't remember that. One. <laughs> Uh, I would say my one of my favorite story arcs is probably um, when Cutner dies. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, and he's trying to figure it out and going over it. And yeah. Wilson's telling him, he's like, you know, some puzzles just don't have answers. Sometimes it's not a puzzle. Sometimes there's no mystery. Well, that's one of the things that I like about about House as well. He always tries to take any problem and make it into a mechanical problem. Mm-hmm. Like he can solve it or fix it just through simple arithmetic. And he has to learn that he can't. There's no answers for every question you get. Right. right. Sometimes it's just, that's just the way it is. Yeah, that was actually the last episode I watched before coming over here. And I was like, shit. Just seeing him in um, Cutler's... Cutner. Cutner, sorry. Cutner's apartment. And he's trying to figure everything out. I was just like, oh. Just really, the feels, man. Yeah, the feels. and Cuddy says something like, you know, he thought like you... He acted like you, and then he said, no, if he thought like me, he would have realized that living in misery sucks marginally less than dying in it. Yeah. You know? I think it's either that or um, the one, the episode, I think it's like a two or three-parter where uh, the cop gets shot and some of the metal shards go up into his brain and he's got like some crazy disease and then uh, oh, yeah, Foreman yeah, ends yeah. up with it. Euphoria part one and two. Yeah. yeah, and Foreman ends up with it and yeah. Like, and now, uh, of course, uh, what's one. his name? Um from rock was charles s Dutton. yeah who i love 3. i love him alien three he was uh foreman's dad and it, they look like they could have been father and son yeah and his oh when he meets when foreman meets his his mom she's like you look just like my son oh. eric oh brutal brutal um we do have uh a voicemail regarding uh dr house um wolfie if you want to uh cue that one up uh, it's from our our very good friend, Mr. Dynamo Mars, Ooh. and he has a specific question for you uh, wow. about uh, Mr. Doctor House. <laughs> uh, he's eating. Bobby Chain Gang, Bobby Chain Gang, Bobby Chain Gang. Bobby Chain Gang, Bobby Chain Gang, Bobby Chain Gang, Bobby, how you doing, baby? Good. How was your stay on the Throwdown Thursday podcast? Excellent. I hope you are enjoying yourself. Oh, I am. You are having a good time. Um, I never watched very much House, uh, or maybe any, um, but I was always interested in the fact that he, you know, with his drug addiction and his kind of uh, dickish ways, uh, that he was very obviously a proxy for Sherlock Holmes. In fact, that I think there was, like, um, really overt Sherlock Holmes references in there. Oh, yes. Um, like, what's your take on this? Like, do you think that... Uh, it was kind of disingenuous to make a character that was so obviously a modern medical contemporary Holmes. Um, or do you think that, um, you know, it was like a cool, it was cool homages and not like over the top. Like, uh, my fear, uh, when I hear of something like this that I don't know about is that it's kind of like a repackaging so that it doesn't have the baggage that it would have, like, if you called it Sherlock Holmes, so that, you know, uh, youngins would think it was old-timey, or, or even, you know, you know the, the not even young people necessarily, but just the, you know, collective contemporary viewing audience. Um, but, so do you think that this was a, you know, a, uh, 
marketing repackaging or just uh, overt, uh, you know, just you know, loving homages to a character who, uh, you know, was very similar to the Holmes archetype. I love you, Bobby Chains. Love Bobby you too. Chains, <laughs> I love you. Bobby Chains, Bobby Chains. Bobby Chains, Bobby Chains. I, I don't know if I would just say it's just a, a cold repackaging of it. I would say there are definitely homages, yeah. you know, with House Holmes, yeah. Wilson, Watson. Yeah, I see His it. apartment. 221B Baker Street. Yeah, yeah, and like I said about the Moriarty thing, yep. um, Rebecca Adler yep. was uh, yep. the first patient that he treated in the pilot episode. Yeah. Um, but then... I mean, that's about as far as they go. I, I mean, he does have a drug addiction, but... Mm, I would also say the random, like, connecting of clues that I are mean, in every I can, episode. I can see it, but, you know, it is just, you know... Berating it, other people for not being smart? Well, yeah, but it... I don't mm. know. I, I see it and I don't see it. I, I want to say it's a... It's a... If anything, it's I like definitely a say it's tribute. an homage. Yeah, I would I would say a ripage. Because if anything, with, no. with with everything that I've seen, and I'm a huge Sherlock fan, either from Elementary. Spoiler alert! I know. Spoiler alert. Compared to House, he works not with just Wilson, but with a whole team. Compared to Sherlock, in a lot of the other things, he only works really kind of with just Watson with only a few people but I th- yeah like when he brings in you know Mycroft on occasion or Scotland Yard so how long did you say that you've been a Sherlock fan since say elementary school <laughs> I'm gonna You're punch you in the face <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that uh, you know House is a very intriguing character and uh, you know off the air uh, last week when I was on uh, Unchained you and you and I and Polly had a, uh, a little bit of a conversation because I brought up the parallel. Uh, this is probably a little uh, less of a uh, of an homage or a comparison. You no, know, not quite as overt. But uh, I brought up the uh, comparison of him and uh, Goku from the Dragon Ball Z series because every time there's an issue, you know, and nobody knows what to do, like everybody does their best, but no one's able to take care of the problem so then you either call in house slash goku and then hooray he saves the day you know greg has four letters goku has four letters i don't know if that's a coincidence you're a dick (laughs) (laughs) but i've made everyone think about this now no yeah i don't even know who goku is i don't either yeah well everyone else outside of uh you know this uh, this area, you is know, that pop? the thing that hooks up to your TV. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the <yeah>. Roku. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, Polly seemed to think I was onto something because he's familiar with the character, but it's that same type of like, you know, we tried our best and everything we did wasn't good enough. You know, we need you know our most powerful fighter or our most skilled you know doctor, and then he comes in at the end and saves the day and everything's all right. He doesn't always. No, he's was, almost always eventually right in his I own was, words. I was going to say, like, that's an awesome thing. Is like, you know, it's it's just enough to keep you guessing. You know, like, it's almost like Charlie Brown kicking the football. 
you know that 99% of the time he is going to miss, but every once in a while he gets he, he actually makes contact. He actually makes the, he actually kicks the football. With House it's, you know, it's the same analogy but just flipped. Every time, you know, yeah, okay, he's going to he's going to do it. You know, everything's going to be fine. He's going to cure the guy and then it's like the guy died. Right? Is that a happy ending? I don't I don't get it. You know, everybody else was wrong, or everybody else was right, and House was wrong. Like, is that a happy ending, or is that a bad ending because of the way you know his methodology? You know, is that a happy ending or a sad ending? I don't know, but it's just enough to keep you yeah. continuing to watch because you know if he if he wins every single time, well, that's boring. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah, and that you just it, it eliminates. What makes that character so interesting? The fact that nine out of ten times he solves the puzzle is because he's a junkie for the puzzle. And yeah. sometimes he solves it, but he's too late. It's like, well, I'm right, but the guy died because I didn't figure it out in time. Yeah. You know, and he, you know, I like how they occasionally bring up older older cases that mm-hmm. he's had. Like, yeah. I, I have to go exhume this four-year-old because this is a similar case that you know I had to deal uh, with. I remember that. That, that was, was a that was an intense episode. Yeah. Cut. He's like, who the hell are these people? Uh, my patient's parents. I'm like, which patient? Uh, the four-year-old from seven years ago. <laughs> She's like the one that died. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think that kind of uh, will wrap up our yeah. our house talk for right now. Um. I will ask you, though, Bobby, uh, you gave us a little bit of a list uh, last week of the episodes. Mm-hmm. I asked you for your top ten house episodes that really, you know, uh, you know, exhibit all the, the uh, Elements ups and of downs. House. Yeah, like who he is. It was difficult to, to just pare down a list to we'll, ten. We'll throw us a couple. You know, a couple of ones that you would recommend for maybe somebody like Dynamo who, you know, isn't familiar with the character but wants to see what he's mm-hmm. all about. Um, well, definitely that one, No Reason, where he gets shot. Yep. <laughs> Um, I just think it's it's really well done. Um, the dialogue, the dialogue in that episode oh, really you know stands I, out to me. I I mess I mixed up that episode with the other episode where he gets taken hostage. The guy who shoots him and like they're in the same room together. Yeah, that guy was Casey Jones in the Ninja yeah, Turtles. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of the other guy. Who held everybody at gunpoint? Oh yeah, 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 they, yeah. All the tests that they were gonna do, like you know, he's like, "Oh, you need to take this," and he's like, "Well, inject that guy," and he injects the guy, and he's like, "See, he's fine. Now it's your turn." And the guy passed out. <laughs> yeah, I, I was wondering what the hell you were talking about. I was like, yeah, uh... and that's the guy from Heroes and all that other shit. Yeah, he's always a bad guy. The other dude, Elias Cortez. Yeah. I, and I always think he's Christopher he plays, Maloney. He plays <laughs> bad guys, too. I mean, but he kind of plays, like he you said, a, he played Casey Jones. He, he was a priest in The Haunting in Connecticut, that movie. I've never seen that. Yeah. But so, great. anyway, for a couple of episodes, definitely no reason. Um, there's also an episode called Son of a Coma Guy. That one that I with love. John Larry Fantastic. Had such a good What's episode. What's an ipod? You get, <laughs> <laughs> you get such... Like uh, such good back and forth, and you get some insight as to why House wanted to become a doctor. Yeah. And um, John Larroquette is brilliant in that. Uh, fucking was what wasn't he brilliant in? Uh, Night Court. <laughs> no, I liked no. him in Night Court. You know, the opening credits of the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, not that great. Wait, John Larroquette. John Larroquette did the original. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He did the narration, right? Yeah, he did the. He did it for. Uh, I think it was half a joint. Was what he was paid. Oh wow. And then. Uh, 
he did when they remade it. I think it was like 2003. They they remade it. He did the narration oh, again. Oh, okay. And uh, one other one that I would recommend is an episode from season two called Autopsy. Oh yeah, that's a good. That's one. a good one. Oh, and, and I get I get to mention another one from season two, uh, Acceptance with LL Cool J. Oh, excellent! Like they have they've had brilliant guest stars. The James Earl Jones one was a br- was brilliant, and they kind of you know that bled over. No pun intended. For a couple of episodes. Oh, yeah. That, w- that was a good arc, too. Yeah, that was a real good arc. But, yeah. So, check it out. It's, it's All the seasons are up on Netflix. Yes. Yep. So, you know, if you just want give to an, give an episode a try, you know. One of, the, one of the reasons I miss Blockbuster is, you know, when my wife and I, who is uh, not here this evening, she's attending uh, some, other, some other stuff that, uh, you know, she had previously planned on doing. She, uh, More important than this? Yeah, some family stuff. She uh, she and I would go to Blockbuster on Route 20, you know, and we picked up, I think, like four or five seasons of the individual DVDs when it was like, you know, five movies for $20. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was like individual discs. <laughs> we have like four or five seasons, but it's all like individual DVD cases for <laughs> each uh for each couple of episodes. Oh, are you kidding me? So yeah. instead of like, you know, the package. Yeah, had, yeah. You know, like, oh, it's a four or five disc package. Mm-hmm. It's like one single DVD for like two or three episodes. So there's like nine discs for the whole series. I was house for Halloween one year. Really? I still have pictures. I'll have to post, post them up, up on the Throwdown Thursday. Yeah. I will. Uh, yeah, I got I to. They're somewhere. I'll find them. All right. Well, uh, let's head to break. We're going to come back from our break and we're going to do a little bit of feedback we have uh one thing that i did not get a chance to listen to and we have uh, a voicemail from a uh first time contributor little Ooh. little teaser right there you gotta give me better cues man <laughs> i don't know if you guys say something i else. know i'm just like, I just, like take us to <laughs> break please thank you see that's better. thank you agent nicole Bobby Chains, Uncle Polly, and I'm the kid Tim Nice. And be sure to check out our podcast, Unchained, part of the Grand Guignol Network, available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. This October, the Deadites return to the stage on which they made their name. In the room they made dangerous. October 15th, it's trip-hop goddess Mary Catman. The nerdcore sounds of Agents of Chaos and the evil grooves of rhetoric. And then, it's the dead, it's the rad, it's the funky, it's the deadites. October 15th, Rock and Shock Weekend, it's the best night of the best weekend of the year at the Cove Music Hall in beautiful Worcester, Massachusetts. It's the return of the Deadites Halloween Extravaganza, hosted by the voice of Talk Without Rhythm, El Goro. Patrick Rayhoff, in the motherfucking house. Patrick Rayhoff, in the motherfucking house. 
Patrick Wayhall is a motherfucking mouse. Patrick Wayhall is a motherfucking mouse. That is entirely untrue. Really? Because your Facebook picture is of you as Gus Gus. Yeah, that's not an actual picture. I do not wear a yellow shirt. Unless it says Hulkamania across it. Oh, I'll fix that. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the segment of our show where you know we kind of wrap things up. We go through uh, any feedback that we might have. And this week we have uh, quite a bit. We have... Uh, you know, a couple of things. Like I said, we have something from a first-time contributor, and we also have a, a secondary email from a, uh, a young man in the Great White North who uh, provides... He'll appreciate that young man thing. Yes. <laughs> who provides our, uh, our uh, return to break music from our first break, and that would be Mr. Rocky Bowick. He should probably provide the second one, too. Yes. No, I think the, the first <laughs> I one is We good. need to change that. So, uh, Wolf, if we can go with uh, the, 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 the first, first time, time one. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's listen to this. What's up, Throwdown Thursday podcast? This is first time Mike. How are you guys doing? Hello. Agent Nicole and Patsy. What's up? Johnny and uh, Mrs. Angry Nerd, if you're there. She's not. Uh, I'm filling in. Wanted to say hello and let you guys know I've been listening to your podcast since day one. This is the first chance I've had to give you any feedback, but I've been really enjoying the not only the concept of the show, but I've just been enjoying every episode. Uh, you guys' interplay has been really good. Uh I've been enjoying the fact I've been learning a lot of different stuff of the different characters and you guys are it's a great show all around it's part of my Thursday morning I downloaded it and I listen to it during work and sometimes I'm laughing the Patsy song at the end is, is pretty funny but Asian Nicole should get her own song Yay! too and I am lobbying for that <laughs> uh, just wanted to stop and say hello to you guys uh, wish you all the best and even though I seem to be every time I vote in one of, in the poll I always pick, end up picking the winning the losing side <laughs> I'm still going for my girls when when, uh, when they uh, to pick them out so you guys have a good one and sorry Patsy but Hashtag Team Agent Nicole. You guys have a good one. Bye. Thank you, first time, Mike. You are dead to me. That's why you don't like him. Yep. You are, Is that you why you were so me. like angry when you came in today? I was like, you know, I had listened to this prior, and I was like, you know what? You shouldn't listen to it. It's messed up. Yeah, you shouldn't that listen. First to time him. reactions, good man. See, yes. some of it's gold. Them, some of them I, I haven't listened to, but sometimes certain people, uh, their names rhyme with Magent Mimol. Uh, wants to hear the voicemails when they come in and pesters me at work when I'm trying to do my job uh, and insists Do you really want to go into that conversation? Insists that I play the voicemails for all to hear, so... I asked, oh, have you heard it? And you said, yeah, I have. And I'm like, oh, really? What the fuck? Everybody lies. <laughs> but thank you first time, Mike, for calling in and leaving a very nice voicemail and it I'm was. glad you're enjoying the show. First and time Mike's the best. Yes, he is. Honestly, the uh, first time, Mike, uh, can I call you first? Um, Mr. First, if you could, uh, you know, if I don't know how uh, musically uh, <laughs> inclined you are, because I am not at all, 
But if you would like to compose a song for Nicole, like that would be pretty awesome. Or anybody. I will give you something, a drawing or anything. If anybody out there wants to write a song for me, please. You know what? Please that, do. That's a great segue because we actually received a package from one of our... Uh, be dead. Our longtime listeners and good friend to uh, the entire Grand Guignol Network, Mr. Jeremy Slagoth. Um, Wolfie, uh, mm-hmm. any way we could cue up Mr. Slagoth's theme song while we open up this package here? Suppose we could do that. Well, I, I, this is a, uh, this is a huge package. I always knew that about you, there, Slagoth. <laughs> So, That's just what you've been wanting. You've been yeah. asking for one. Get that out of your mouth. I'm <laughs> trying. Uh, Nicole, I need some help with this. Would you like to uh, pull on this and uh, <laughs> see what comes out? Uh, it's a good thing the wife isn't here. Which, this one? Yeah, just pull right out. Yeah, there's only one. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to Wow, she yanked on that thing so hard, she almost got Bobby right in the face with it. <laughs> I'm going to get a black eye. All right, so there's some amazing awesomeness in here. So this is... First time reaction. We have not seen any of these yet. I'm trying not to ruin it. Okay, so this one is for me. And this is actually something uh, that Mr. Slagoth has been working on for me. It's called a Rift Worm. And it is a vital piece of the, uh, the book I'm writing. Mm-hmm. Um, that features a lot of the uh, characters that you know and love on uh, actually the Grand Guignol Network. This is actually from a, a story called Castle Wolfenstein. And this is something that uh, Mr. Slagoth has been working on in secret. It's not a secret anymore. Yeah. Nope. This, uh, this is for Ashes. She's not here. But that is a badass that's really cool. That is a badass drawing. Those eyes right there. Ugh. The coloring and everything. Yes. It looks like uh, almost like a zombie version of uh, Swamp Thing, but like with a lot of dark brown and blue. Like, this is really excellent work, Slagoth. I almost see Predator in that. This is also for, me, for Ashes. Oh, I'm dropping stuff. Holy oh, my God. Shit. Oh, that is a sweet-looking zombie. Oh, that's really, really All black cool. and white and gray. Yeah, that's excellent. Excellent, excellent. Oh, this, one, this one's for me. Ooh. Oh, shit, that's a xenomorph and a half. Look Holy at that. Holy shit, that's really cool. Johnny, look at this shit, man. That's freaking awesome. All right, we have a couple of, couple of more here. Ooh. Slagoth specialty. Swamp thing. This is for Agent Nicole. Oh, that is so cool. I love the coloring in it. That is so cool. And then we have a second one for Agent Nicole. And this is The Flash. Oh. Because she is such a huge comic book nerd. Thank you so much. I love the coloring. I know he was like doing like different phases of it. And it's beautiful so beautiful thank you Slagoth. we have another another version of the rift worm this is a uh, head-on kind of view with its giant lamprey like mouth opening up what do we got I think we got one more here what do we got it's uh it's it's this one has a title it's called unfinished nonsense 
but I love it. It's a, a zombie reaching for you with like a dead clawed hand. I like this a lot. This, that one's really good. I am digging this. Slagoth, you are Thank the fucking you. man, yes. dude. Great job. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is this is great. This stuff is getting hung up right in the man room. And we'll definitely take pictures of the beautiful artwork that you've given us. Yeah, and we'll post it up on the uh, Throwdown Thursday page. Yes. And, uh, you know, thank you so much, thank man. This you. stuff is awesome. Trying to put it back into the uh, package here. Put it back into the hole. I'm having a tough time operating this giant package. <laughs> I have to use two hands. Oh, thank you so much, buddy. Thank you. Um, now, I did mention that we had a voicemail from our uh, good, dear friend, Mr. Rocky, and uh, I have no idea what this is. I did not get a chance to listen to it, but, uh, you know, let's just hear it and let's all hear it together for the first time. Hey, guys, it's Rocky. I just wanted to say congratulations on the ongoing success of the Thursday Throwdown or Throwdown Thursday, however that goes together. Um, Thank you. I want to let you know you kind of uh, pushed me to try a little something here with your uh, weekly voting. I figured I would uh, put together some computer wizardry and uh, create an algorithm that will allow you to input the uh, characters of said fight into the Internet and uh Pull up uh, the closest representation in the visual aspect to the uh, fight going on. So, um, if you'll allow me to put in here, let's see, we'll take a random set of combatants and put them in the system, and uh, we'll see what they find. Bruce Lee versus Jackie Chan. You see, there you go. It's it's, it's just uh, pulls up the closest fight it can find on the internet, and if it's gone down before, you can visually. See, let's see, uh, I'll put it on random here in which it randomly picks uh, combatants to face each other and we'll see what the computer comes up with. Andre the Giant versus Pee Wee Herman. I think that fight's going to be exposed. Okay. Versus Strawberry Shortcake. Um, <laughs> Alright. Al Capone versus Judge Dredd. <laughs> Celine versus Catwoman. Yeah, that's just Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> okay, they are not fighting Celine in the traditional sense. Versus Catwoman versus Poison Ivy. Um. Aquaman versus. Fabio. Give what? me the slayer. Oh, no, so I no. Can fuck his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's where the trident goes. Patrick Rayall versus a shaven baboon. Wait a minute. There's only one person on the screen. <laughs> what does he do? Oh, no. Mr. Rayall. I can't believe this is on the internet. Uh, all right. Believe We're going to the bugs out of this system and I'll contact you later. Until then, uh, don't try this thing unless you get a box of Kleenex. Anyway, congratulations, Patsy. Congratulations, Agent Nicole. Congratulations to everybody who's kicking in over there. I know there's lots of people sitting in from here and there. But uh, anyway, you have a good one, and uh, I'll get the bugs out of this. And um, Yeah, i got to go now. All right, bye. Oh, Jesus, I'm glad I didn't listen to that one originally. Oh, Christ on a stick. Poor 
Gus, Gus. Uh, <laughs> what did you do, Patsy? <laughs> Why did you put that on online? You know, I didn't think anyone was going to find it. You were in Tijuana. Yeah, I was young and needed the money. <laughs> it was like three weeks ago. Actually, you probably went to Montreal with Dynamo that one time. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I don't want to talk about that. That was... <sighs> uh, that was awesome. Well, how the hell do I follow this up? Well... Just we, end it. Well, no, I don't think that's. I don't think that's the answer. But uh, throwdown battles. Yeah, it is the uh, perfect segue for our the, the, the segue is that you have to finish the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm good at finishing the show. <laughs> um. Oh, I am all. I have to recombobulate myself here. Um. Uh, so as of this show, we will have completely finished the uh, opening round. Mm-hmm. So, we will uh, be posting shortly the uh, the results on our blog, mm-hmm. yes. uh, throwdownthursday.blogspot.com. And, uh, Bobby, since you're here, uh, we are going to let you pick the opening matchup of the second round. Oh, wow. So, your options, I'm not going to tell you what the matches are, but I'm going to give you the four divisions that we have. Okay. So, you can choose either guns or fun, stick them with the pointy end... <laughs> Supernatural superstars, or out of this world. Stick them with the pointy end. <laughs> Is there really even a choice? <laughs> so in this matchup, we have the bride, Beatrix Kiddo, going up against probably the one person, in my opinion, I know who I'm voting for, and it's not Beatrix Kiddo. She will be combating Brienne of Tarth. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. It's a, I feel like she's faster and has more skill, especially with multiple opponents, as we have seen. But Brienne it's fucking Tar- Brienne. Yeah. She's beaten some of the top fighters. You know, in so Game of Loris, Thrones. Loras Tyrell, Sandor Clegane, mm-hmm. uh, that bear. <laughs> <laughs> Although she didn't do that great against the bear. Well, she- Plus, she's got armor. Yeah. And, and she's like six she's feet like tall. She's like 11 and a half feet tall. Yeah. yeah she's just. She's a badass motherfucker. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I don't think it's going to end well for Beatrix. I see this as a. Almost Run like away. A, it, it's going to. I think it reminds me a lot of Oberyn Tyrell versus Gregor Kogan. Mm-hmm. Why do you have to mention that? Because you hate it. You're an asshole. Maybe. Well, I don't know. Shut no up, maybe. mouse. Ooh, that showed me. <laughs> I hate you. Whatever. Douche. So we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and uh, get to Agent Nicole's Agent Nicole files now because you know we want to know what she's been doing, even though she's very mean. I'm not mean. You set you set up for it to get your ass kicked by me. That was a good comeback. I know. Shut up. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Well, you're. We've also, you know, also said that your uh, brain is heavily impaired by years Leave of alcohol alone. abuse. So <laughs> that is true. <laughs> no, he's right too. <laughs> <laughs> he's not wrong. <laughs> um, so what do you got for us this week? There, uh, we should get you a theme song for this. Um, th- we should get a lot of things from me on the show, but we'll see how that. Hey, goes. you get the comfy chair every single week. That's true. I do. Yeah. So. Shut um, it. 
So for the Agent Nicole Files, uh, there's a movie that I just rewatched. It's from 2013. It's called In a World. It's by Lake Bell. Um, she's been in Children's Hospital. Uh, it's complicated. She's a fantastic writer, a director, and she stars in it. Um, it won a Sundance Award for Best Writing. It's about this um, up-and-coming voiceover actress, and she comes from a... Oh, uh, a shit. It's yeah. a theme song. Yeah. Uh, what the hell? It's a theme song. Oh. Well, if uh, you pulled it up for you. It's the music. Yeah. Doesn't have to stick. Just something. <laughs> oh, no. I, I actually... Now I'm listening to yeah. James Bond. Yeah. I dig this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she... Her entire life, her dad has been, like, the voice of, like, those movie trailers, like, in a, in a world. world. Yeah, basically. And so... Her father and her go into this, like, big battle of who's going to win this big contract. And it's a hilarious film. It's Lake Bell is, like, my other spirit animal. She's just fantastic. And she can do no wrong. And it's a great film. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but uh, you can probably rent it through Amazon or Apple. And it's it's a great film. Uh, There's a lot of guest stars. I think Cameron Diaz makes it an appearance at the Ooh. end and um, Rob uh, Cordry who's oh, and, like Ken, and Ken Marino is in it as well people from Children's Hospital she likes to mix in with her co-stars it's a great movie so definitely check, take a look check it out um, and she's got some more stuff coming out in the future so if you haven't heard about Lake Bell get your shit together and take a look at her now when you say she can do no wrong if she ate puppies would you still uh, be okay with that yeah why not Okay. Uh, <laughs> there's the threshold, folks. Puppy eating is okay with Agent Nicole. Uh, Bobby, do you happen to have anything that you'd like to add to something that you've you know maybe been watching lately that you think the folks might uh, might be digging out there in uh, Radio Land? Um, let me think. Um, no, but there's something that a lot of people have been talking about, and it's that Stranger Things. Yeah. So I haven't checked it out yet. You should uh, definitely... I heard they're making a prequel to that. It's really? Actually, yeah, it's actually going to be called uh, Normal Stuff. <sighs> oh, I watched I watched BoJack Horseman, too. Oh, that's so I've heard good. that's good. I haven't seen that It yet. has um, the actress who plays Louise Belcher on... on Kristen Bob- Shaw. Yes, yes, she's on it. Former uh, Daily Show correspondent, yes. Kristen Shaw. Yeah, I think you'd like BoJack Horseman. See, a lot of folks have said that. I think I should... Uh, it's on Netflix. You check out BoJack Horseman, and I'll check out Stranger Things. All right. Yes. What's, and quickly, what's the premise like to Stranger Things? It's the 80s. <laughs> it's it's very 80s. There's an homage to pretty much everything 80s yep. you could possibly think of. Winona Ryder's fantastic. Winona Ryder. Everyone has amazing hair except Winona Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but wow. It, and it's one really of the, and good. As we mentioned, uh, I was a guest uh, earlier today on... Uh, the television crossover universe with Robert Ronsky. Robert Ronsky. He. Uh, I would have said that, but I have a to. A lot. Burp. Of, a lot of us uh, <laughs> on the show con- compared one of the uh, the uh, main main characters. He looks a lot like uh, John Ralphio from uh, Parks and Recreation, and we just referred to him as John <laughs> Ralphio the whole time. Um, but it's an it's an excellent show. The acting is brilliant beyond reproach. Yes. You know, it's funny the the young girl uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Who plays uh, 11. Eleven. She was very hesitant because as a, a young girl, I think she's like 12, 
Yeah. She was very hesitant to shave her head completely for the role. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as a young girl, you're very self-conscious. Oh, yeah. You know, I would imagine. I don't know. I was never a young girl. But, you know, especially, you know, getting a, a buzzed-down haircut like that. Until they showed her uh, uh, Charlize Theron in uh, Mad Max mm-hmm. as uh, Imperator Furiosa. And then she's like... All right, that's fine. I can I can do that. <laughs> if she can do it, I can do it. I'll I'll deal with that. That She's is pretty a pretty brave thing to do, though, yeah. as a young girl. Yeah. And it's just it's a great show. I think you would really enjoy it. Yeah, I'm, I'll it's probably really start checking it out tonight when I get home. We watched uh, Ashes, and I watched uh, the first episode uh, last Saturday after I I got back and uh, blew through five of the eight episodes. Got to sleep around four in the morning because we couldn't stop watching. Oh wow, it. that good! Yeah. yeah, wow. And Elm Street Kids last week covered it, so definitely yeah, you'll you'll, definitely you'll like listen. it. And you know, you can uh, once you once you watch it, you can tell us what you think. And anybody out there listening, um, you know, tell us what you think of uh, Stranger Stranger Things, or if there's a character on something that you'd like us to cover, you know, give us a give us a little jingle, you know. Send us a voicemail at ThrowdownThursdayPodcast at gmail.com. Or email or Twitter. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, at Twitter, you know, you can find Agent Nicole at Nick Tompt, not N-I-C-T-O-M-P-K-I-N-S. I'll spell it because that's easier than saying it. Because <laughs> apparently I'm not very articulate this evening. And, um, hashtag fail. Yeah, hashtag uh, whatever. <laughs> Ooh, uh, really that was a great good. comeback. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, you can also find uh, myself, uh, Patsy the Angry Nerd, at Patrick Rahal. And sometimes in the dumpster. And sometimes, <laughs> especially after after these shows. So I think that's uh, that's going to do it yes. for uh, this episode. Thank you, Bobby, for coming to the Thank show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully anytime. you'll uh, come back for our, our milestone episode 10 next week. Yes. Actually, Bobby is going to be here. Bobby, what are we going to talk about next week? We're going to be talking about Jigsaw from the Saw franchise. Nice. Well, as always, folks, we will see See you you next next Thursday. Thursday.